You're listening to Nitty Gritty Nursing with Nurse M, where she breaks down the nitty gritty basics of nursing concepts. Hello and welcome to Nitty Gritty Nursing with Nurse M. Today I'm going to try to break down the very nitty gritty basics of anaphylaxis and what we would do as a nurse in terms of our assessment and recognition and interventions for someone that has an anaphylactic reaction to whatever it is. And real, really, all anaphylaxis is, is a serious, it's, it's very serious, a serious and immediate hypersensitivity reaction that releases histamine from the damaged cells. And typically, this is going to occur when there's an introduction of an allergen to the body. And when that allergen is introduced to the body, it leads to mast or basophil cells to release the histamine, which causes um, essentially what we view as an anaphylactic reaction. Now, anaphylaxis can be both systemic or cutaneous and just very, like very localized. Um, it's just very dependent on what the allergen is and how sensitive the person is to it. There's also this type 1 sensitivity reaction. So it's an IgE-mediated response. And oftentimes, if someone is going to have it, it's rapid onset. And if it's serious enough and is not treated, this can absolutely be fatal for the individual. It can also lead to anaphylactic shock. And anaphylactic shock is a type of distributive shock that causes widespread vessel dilation. And because the vessels dilate, we lose our circulatory pressures, decreases the cardiac output, and bronchoconstriction can occur after that exposure, all of which is very bad. So this is a very short podcast today because there's not a whole lot to tell you about anaphylaxis, but we're going to talk about basically how these patients are going to present if they have it. Um, the first big thing that we always associate is there's going to be some sort of respiratory distress potentially, and that can occur within minutes to hours. And it is going to manifest in different ways, depending on, on again, what the allergen was and more to the point, like how it was introduced into the person's systemic body. So they could be dyspneic and have some just difficulty breathing. They might have bronchospasm. They might have wheezing or strider, which is that high pitched noise that, um, you will hear with like an upper airway issue. They might be hypoxic or have cyanosis. It could be that they just have significant hoarseness and coughing. And if specifically from a respiratory standpoint, we don't address the uh, allergen that was introduced and help the individual to fix this problem, they can ultimately go into a respiratory arrest where they stop breathing. And if there's no circulating oxygen, then we end up with a cardiac arrest if we're not careful. Other things that we might see is really uh, the skin. So they might have a puritis. They might develop angioedema, which is swelling just right around the mouth. Um, they're likely to have, you know, kind of that swelling with lips and tongue and, and even the soft palate. And from a skin perspective, they can also have those widespread hives or flushing that can occur as a result and even some uticaria that can develop. If we think about the anaphylaxis and um, from a neurologic standpoint, some of those clinical manifestations, these patients might have headache or dizziness, but the dizziness could be the result of a cardiovascular effect of hypotension with lack of perfusion. They might also feel like this impending sense of doom, especially when we think about perfusion and lack of oxygen. They might have tachycardia. They might flip into a dysrhythmia, especially if we don't catch the anaphylactic reaction, um, which then could lead to a cardiac arrest. Death. Uh, from a gastrointestinal standpoint, they might have cramping or abdominal pain or nausea, vomiting, and diarrhea. So 
depending on which system we're looking at, the clinical manifestations of anaphylaxis can be quite broad. So realistically, that is how these patients are going to present. In terms of what are we going to do uh, from a nursing standpoint, the number one thing, especially uh, when it comes to testing a nursing school, right, is once you've recognized the clues of the initial symptoms that can be subtle and vague sometimes, I mean, it could be something as much as anxiety, you want to remove or stop the uh, allergen that they might they might be exposed to. So if they're in the hospital and they're getting IV antibiotics and they start to develop a rash at the side of their IV, or they start to tell you that they're getting itchy all over or having any one of those presentation signs that they might have, stop the infusion. Stop it. <laughs> remove the remove the allergen. You know, if the scenario is like that you're working in an emergency room and someone comes in with a bee sting and they're allergic to bees, but the stinger is still in them, you need to remove the allergen and get that out of there. And then you move into, you know, what do the lungs sound like? You know, that assessment, what are you going to be evaluating? Of course, they need to be on potentially a monitor for the cardiac effects and they might need oxygen if there's a respiratory issue. So you really want to quickly assess in terms of interventions, quickly assess their respiratory status and ensure that you're maintaining some sort of patent airway. And then, you know, that includes giving the oxygen. And then you're going to want to start an IV and start some sort of IV fluid, especially if they have that cardiovascular effect where the vasodilation occurs. Think back to, again, principal beginnings of anaphylactic shock and that vasodilation of the vasculature, it will lead to hypotension. So we want to give them the IV fluid and then get ready to give the essential medications, which the number one medication is going to be epinephrine. And then you're going to want to give an antihistamine because again, if we think back to what is ultimately causing this, it's the release of the histamines that we see from master basophil cells that are, um, you know, being, have that hypersensitivity reaction. And so you give the Benadryl. And then in some cases, we might also give some sort of inhaled beta adrenergic drug like albuterol. And we are going to, you know, monitor this patient. Oftentimes it's going to be for, if we've given them epinephrine, it's going to be for, you know, up to, uh, I would say a minimum of four hours. Again, it's going to be dependent on where you're working, but a minimum of four hours, because once that epinephrine wears off, they can actually have a rebound and um, kind of those allergens can re-stimulate that histamine release. So someone you think is worried about going into anaphylaxis or they're having an allergic reaction to something, especially if they're in the hospital, stop or remove the allergen that is potentially causing that hypersensitivity. Do the ABCs and give them oxygen, maintaining that patent airway. Start that IV, that's C for circulation if we think ABCs, with the infusion of normal saline. And then you're going to want to give them epinephrine give them an antihistamine like Benadryl and then potentially an inhaled beta adrenergic, especially if they're having those respiratory drive issues. Um, epinephrine specifically like constricts the blood vessels and improves the cardiac contractions and dilates the bronchioles, which improves the respiratory effort. And then once you've done all of those things and you've given the medications, then you basically, I mean, if you were to be look at it big picture, you want to make sure that you're making note of everything that you've done because the epinephrine, for example, it's can be given as a PRN medication every five to 15 minutes until the patient responds adequately to the treatment that is being given. Once they've cleared and come out of the acute phase of anaphylaxis, the education for these patients are going to be to remind them not to 
you know, expose themselves to the allergens by which they're going to react. Uh, many times these patients already know that they have a peanut allergy or that they're allergic to bees. And then you're going to want to give um, an epi, you know, teach them about EpiPen usage and that if they had it, great. If they didn't have it, why don't they have an EpiPen to begin with? Because if they're out in the community and they eat a peanut or they're exposed to even peanut sauce on like a surface and they they have a super hypersensitivity to that, they may need to use their EpiPen before they can get to definitive care where repeated doses of epinephrine can be given. So education is really key for these individuals just in terms of reminding them not to have that exposure and that if they do, making sure that they use their EpiPen as instructed for the symptoms that they've been instructed for and considering, you know, getting to somewhere more definitive in order for more treatment. So like I said, this is going to be a really short podcast because anaphylaxis, it's super straightforward if you just think about the nitty gritty basics. They're reacting to something, remove whatever that something is that they're having the reaction to. And then you're going to go down your ABC algorithm. Like, you recognized and you saw the subtle clue of the reaction, whether that was itchiness all over. If someone, you know, if they came to the emergency department and they're allergic to peanuts and they just say, you know, like my throat is really scratchy, we take that very seriously. And so you assess them. What do their cardiac and respiratory status looks, look like? Do, do they have any um, rashes forming on the skin? And make sure they've got the airway and that they're breathing. Give them the oxygen. Put the IV in them. Start their circulation. Give the epinephrine. You're not going to give it IV in anaphylaxis. You would only give it IM or subcutaneously. And again, that's going to depend. I've seen both of those options in different locations. So you give the epinephrine IM intramuscularly or subcutaneously, depending on where you are and what's available and what the protocol is. And then you're going to give antihistamines. And that can be either as a tablet if they have the capacity to swallow, or it's going to be in the IV. And then maybe you're going to do something for their respiratory and you're going to give them like an albuterol. You might even give them a steroid and you're going to sit there and you're going to monitor them. And it's symptom management until we know that they are not going to respond further to that immediate hypersensitivity reaction that they experienced. And the histamine stops releasing and causing all of these symptoms. So that's it for anaphylaxis and the nursing management that we might tie to it. Go forth and keep on learning.